Mayo Clinic Radio presents a conversation about immunotherapy with researchers Dr. Roxana Dronka and Dr. Richard Vile. The show hosts are Dr. Tom Shives and Tracy McRae. This podcast was recorded on June 13th, 2016. Traditionally, treatment for cancer has had three main options, surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, or some combination of those three. But there is fast becoming a option four, a fourth option, immunotherapy, a treatment where the patient's own immune system is actually activated to kill the cancer cells. Exciting to say the least. Ongoing research at Mayo Clinic is not only improving immunotherapy treatments, but helping to predict which patients will respond to this new form of treatment. Here to talk about advances in immunotherapy are Dr. Richard Vial and Dr. Roxana Dronka. Dr. Vial is a researcher in the Department of Molecular Medicine at Mayo Clinic. Dr. Dronka is an oncologist with the Mayo Clinic Cancer Center. Welcome to the program, both of you. Good to have you. Thank you. Good, good to be here. Thank you. All right, Dr. Dronka, tell us about immunotherapy. I'm sure that you and your colleagues are pretty excited about this new modality. We are indeed, and um, like you said, it's I think a form of therapy for cancer that is becoming very fast, uh, main, uh, one of the main options for treatment of patients with different malignancies. I would say that for about a century, actually researchers and doctors have hoped that you can harness the immune system to kill the cancer. and many many different studies and research has been done in this in this area but it we didn't quite get there up until i would say um five to ten years ago when these new um checkpoint inhibitors they are called so these new antibodies that actually activate the lymphocytes or a main part of the immune system that's designed to fight the cancer have been proven to be quite specific in um, harnessing the immune system and turning the immune system against the cancer in a very effective and durable way why does why doesn't the immune system stop the cancer in the first place It is very interesting, and I think that was a question that we all asked ourselves because the immune system is designed to fight with everything that is foreign or everything that is not quite self in the body, and cancer cells are not self. However, cancer cells are very um, smart in a way. Uh, They um, have the ability to trick the immune system into thinking that these are normal self cells, and the immune system then kind of overlooks and does not attack the uh, the cell that is um, abnormal. And then the cancer can grow under the watch of the immune system. My patients ask me all the time, is my is something wrong with my immune system? No, you can fight pneumonia, you can fight a flu, you can fight any infection just the way anyone else does. It's just that the cancer cell has the ability to put on usually by secreting substances or by putting on some signals towards the immune system that fools the immune system um, into thinking that these are normal cells. It's almost like the traitors in an army, you know, mm-hmm. they disguise so well that you can't even tell. Um, so that is how the cancer starts growing under the watch of the immune system. Yeah, it's sort of uh, disappointing, isn't it, that your immune system can be tricked by these cancer <laughs> cells? It's unfortunate, too. So what you're trying to do then is jack up the immune system so it recognizes these as foreign invaders and kills them. Yes, exactly. And I think the research in the last uh, few years um, has uh, uh, gone in the direction of particular um, molecules or proteins on the surface of the cancer cells that the cancer cells basically upregulate or, you know, make more of that 
at the moment this, this the immune system approaches or the moment the cells come into contact with the immune with the immune cells um, basically uh, the immune cell becomes inactive either dies or um, stay as stays at the site without doing anything so by blocking this particular proteins on the surface of the cancer cell or on the surface of the immune cells the Im the lymphocytes or the immune cells can become activated again and recognize the enemy better yeah, so you're teaching the lymphocytes to recognize the cancer for what it is and kill it. Yes, and the uh, these new drugs are pretty specific. They don't activate the entire immune system like the old drugs um, would, like the interleukin-2 or interferon that had so many side effects because it was a immune storm, basically, when you gave them. These new drugs are pretty specific. They activate and they teach the particular subset of immune cells that are designed to fight the cancer. So the effect is much better than a non-specific activator, and also the adverse or the um, side effects are much lower because these drugs are much more specific. Oh boy, this yeah. is way... It's heavy. I am try it? I'm struggling upstream to try to go <laughs> along with this one, but oh, I, I remember once hearing that lots of different people can get cancer cells in their body and some people's immune system can stop it and other people's immune systems cannot. Is that correct? It is correct, I would say, in a sense. For instance, patients that uh, have known immune suppressive illnesses or take immune suppressive medications, uh, patients after transplant that need to be on a heavy immune suppressive regimen, we do know that they have a much higher risk of getting different type of cancer. So their immune system is even I think more weak or weakened by, by this and not able to fight or to stop cancers at the very beginning. Um, some others, I think the research suggests that you know we get cancer cells or pro -can or pre-cancer cells in our body throughout our life and you know sometimes these cells are um, killed by the immune system as to exactly what extent and you know how is this process going in different individuals I think this is much under study and becomes more of the area that now is I think so emphasized of personalized medicine to treat each patient individually and each cancer individually. So this isn't that's kind of what I was getting at this isn't like individualized medicine where each immuno therapy treatment is specifically designed for each patient or is it is that what we're talking about I think it is, uh, in a way, um, it is a form of uh, personalized medicine, but it's not necessarily um, targeted, I mean, different for each patient. Okay. Uh, we are learning that for some cancers and some patients, these treatments work extremely well, and some patients do not respond at all. And at this time, we are unable to tell at the start of the treatment who's going to respond to these uh, therapies and who's going to um, progress or who needs other forms of treatment. So um, I think the um, research is very heavy, and especially here at Mayo Clinic, we are working very hard into developing biomarkers or markers in the blood that would allow us to tell ahead of time who is going to respond to these treatments and during the treatment who is becoming resistant to these treatments in such a way that we don't expose unnecessarily patients to expensive drugs, to side effects, but we in a way personalize the treatment for each patient. Some patients may respond better to chemotherapy, some patients may just need surgery and do very well once you resect a small part of the cancer, even in stage four or metastatic cancer. Some patients may respond very well to immunotherapy for years and years. I have patients who are 
in remission with stage four cancer now for five or six years that I enrolled in the clinical trials that have started in, 20, in 2010 or 20 on, in 2009. So um, for some patients, it is a truly a miracle, yes. Yeah, so uh, everyone understands with regard to the uh, immune system, you are suppressing the immune system in patients who have had an organ transplant so they don't reject the transplant. Exactly. And that's why these patients, uh, because their immune system is a bit weakened, are a little more likely to get a cancer. So Dr. Vial, is this what you're working on in your lab, these molecules to attack cancer cells? Yes, absolutely, we are. Uh, our particular interest is in uh, pediatric brain tumors. And because of the location of those tumors, there are a whole host of specific um, issues involved. But we're doing exactly the same thing. We're trying to stimulate the immune system to see the, the cancer as foreign. Uh, and then to react against it. And we're doing that with these so-called checkpoint inhibitors, but in combination with something which are called something called oncolytic viruses. So these are viruses which we, uh, we inject into the tumor or we deliver to the tumor systemically. Uh, and as Dr. Dronka said, the real issue is trying to convince the immune system that the, that the tumor is foreign and needs to be attacked. If we can get these viruses to infect these cancer cells, the tumor cells in the brain, then the immune system suddenly is really revved up because the immune system is, has evolved to see viral infections. If the, if the immune system now sees the, the viruses in the tumor, the, uh, the T cells come and start to attack the virus and then start to attack the tumor. Uh, and then we can add on top of that these checkpoint inhibitors which take off the breaks of the T cells. Uh, the T cells start to go really, uh, become very active against the tumor. Uh, and that's sort of what we're hoping to achieve, uh, as I say, in pediatric brain tumors. And Dr. Vile, how many immunotherapies have already been approved and are being used? Um, I know you're working on one that has yet to be approved, correct? Right, yeah. Uh, how so, many have been approved? So checkpoint inhibitors now have been approved for specific types of cancer, not the brain tumors that we're working on. Um, and I think over the next five years, the, the, real, the, the real success will come in combinations, both of combination checkpoint inhibitors together, but also uh, checkpoint inhibitors with things like viruses. One uh, oncolytic virus has been approved for the treatment of melanoma. Uh, a herpes virus expressing GMCSF, and again, GMCSF is a as an immune activator. So all of these pathways are leading to approvals, leading to new drugs, and uh, you know, for the first time in this field. I think we can safely say patients are being cured by immunotherapy. We are with immunotherapy experts and researchers, Dr. Roxana Dronka and Dr. Richard Vial of the Mayo Clinic. We're talking about immunotherapy, an exciting field and exciting new modality in the treatment of cancer. And so uh, here's our myth or matter of fact. In a clinical trial, Dr. Dronka, cancer patients may be given a therapy known to be ineffective. Is that a myth or is that a fact? I would say uh, both, but more a, more a myth than a fact. In general, most clinical trials, especially for patients with um, advanced cancer, involve um, drugs um, or a, um, a combination of drugs that are um, tested against each other into different arms or more um, arms of the clinical trial in such a way that patients do get treatment uh, regardless. Either the, we compare a new treatment against a known standard of care, or we, uh, if there is no standard of care, we compare mm -hmm. two different 
different treatments, or sometimes we have what is called a single arm clinical trial. That means everyone gets the treatment. There are new designs of clinical trials nowadays because of exactly this concern that everyone gets the treatment that involves uh, patients getting a drug for a, for a period of time, and if that doesn't work, then they switch to the new drug. So we call a crossover clinical trial in such a way that everyone gets the opportunity to be um, exposed to a drug or to a promising drug um, that we think may be effective. Because unfortunately, patients that would be part of this clinical trial would most likely be patients who the other therapies, radiation, chemotherapy, are not working for them, unfortunately. Exactly. So most of the clinical trials and other clinical trials that led to approval of these uh, immunotherapies were actually single-arm clinical trials uh, where um, most, most, I mean, where all patients got um, therapy, got the same uh, drug. In situations where patients may um, get placebo or a drug mm-hmm. that is ineffective, is actually um, those uh, particular situations where there is no standard of care. We would not do or give any drug anyway. For instance, in someone with an early cancer that is cu- cured completely after surgery, where we do not have any known approved treatment that is uh, known to decrease the risk of recurrence, so not, we would not give the patients anyway. Sometimes if we want to test if there is a best or new drug that can decrease the recurrence risk, we may test it against placebo or, you know, doing nothing versus versus giving this drug. But um, because the standard of care is not doing anything anyway, um, those clinical trials would not harm or would not cause any, um, any harm to the patient. Tell us about the cancers that you are using immunotherapy for and how you administer the immunotherapy. So it is exciting that the cancers for which we are using immunotherapy for, is that the number of cancers is actually increasing, I would say, by the month. Um, initially, it wa- they were studied and approved in melanoma. Melanoma is a malignancy that is known to be very immunogenic or be very much in uh, relationship with the immune system. Mm-hmm. And immunotherapy has been used for melanoma since the 70s when interleukin-2 was approved. Um, similarly, renal cell cancer is a malignancy Kidney cancer cancer is a malignancy for which immunotherapy has been used. Um, Earlier forms of immunotherapy have been used for many decades. So now um, these new checkpoint inhibitors are approved actually for kidney cancer as well. I think, however, where the exciting uh, part of immunotherapy comes is that we are now finding that it is effective in cancers that in the past were completely resistant to immunotherapy and no one thought that immunotherapy would even be effective such as lung cancer um, as well as bladder cancer for which a new checkpoint inhibitor was just approved uh, I think last month. How about pancreas? Have, you, have we made any progress there? I would say that um, Yes, the research in pancreas with immune checkpoint inhibitors and immunotherapy is actually very active. Um, our researcher at, researchers at Mayo do have some clinical trials that they are proposing, and they want to study immunotherapy in combination with other forms of treatment or immunotherapy checkpoint inhibitors by themselves. But um, there is a lot of hope that we could help patients with pancreatic cancer, where, which we know is a very aggressive form of cancer. Dr. Vile, the last time that you were here with us, you were talking about your the brain tumor research that you're working on, and we definitely will have to link <laughs> that, that interview up with this one if you go online. But tell us where you're at in your research with the brain tumor. So we uh, have actually started a, a phase one clinical trial now. Uh, we've treated three patients uh, with different types of pediatric brain tumors. 
And the trial is essentially we give the patients uh, a cytokine called GMCSF, which activates the immune system and primes it. And then we deliver a, a virus called Riovirus into the patients. As I say, it's a phase one clinical trial, so the, the, the goal of that trial is to make sure that this is safe. And we've seen some encouraging effects in the children that we've treated, including a, a sort of an inflammatory response in the brain. So inflammation in the brain is of itself not a good thing. You, you don't want to actively cause too much inflammation. But we're encouraged in this particular trial because the whole point is that this is an immunotherapy approach. And if you're having inflammation in the brain, then it implies that the immune system has suddenly started to see things in the brain which previously it was not seen. And in two of the three children that we have treated with this experimental therapy so far, we've seen this inflammation. We have seen possible effects on the tumor, although it's impossible to say that that's our therapy. They, they had radiation therapy before, so all sorts of things could be happening. But uh, we plan to proceed with this trial, ramp up the doses, and we hope that we will be able to get a dose of our viral treatment, which is effective against the tumor, doesn't cause too much inflammation that is damaging to the children, and you know, hopefully in the, in the long term we'll develop a new therapy. So phase one means very early on, and you're just trying this drug to make sure that it's safe, and then you'll go on to a phase two, phase three, and hopefully someday be able to cure kids with brain cancer, huh? That would be uh, fantastic, yes. uh, yeah. Especially if it happens during your lifetime, huh? That would be even better. <laughs> yeah, thanks to both of you. Immunotherapy experts, Dr. Roxana Dronka and Dr. Richard Vile. a pleasure having you on the program, and best of luck to both of you. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. much. For the latest in health and medical news, go to newsnetwork.mayoclinic.org.